morning. Welcome to Bethany Lutheran here in Warren, Oregon. Today, we're looking at our Old Testament lesson off of the lectionary, which is from Isaiah chapter 40, verses 21 through 31, which read, Have you not known? Have you not heard? Has it not been told you from the beginning? Have you not understood from the foundations of the earth? It is he who sits above the circle of the earth, and its inhabitants are like grasshoppers, who stretches out the heavens like a curtain and spreads them like a tent to live in, who brings princes to naught and makes the rulers of the earth as nothing. Scarcely are they planted, scarcely sown. Scarcely are there, has their stem taken root in the earth when he blows upon them and they wither and the tempest carries them off like stubble. To whom then will you compare me, or who is my equal, says the Holy One. Lift up your eyes on high and see who created these. He who brings out their host and numbers them, calling them all by name, because he is great in strength, mighty in power, not one is missing. Why do you say, O Jacob, and speak, O Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord, and my right is disregarded by my God? Have you not known? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not grow faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the faint and strengthens the powerless. Even youths will faint and be weary, and the young will fall exhausted. But those who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable to you, O God, my rock and my redeemer. Amen. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Robert Louis Stevenson tells of a storm that caught a vessel off a rocky coast and threatened to drive it and its passengers to destruction. In the midst of the terror, one daring man, contrary to orders, went to the deck, made a dangerous passage to the pilot house, and saw the steerman at his post, holding the wheel unwaveringly and inch by inch turning the ship out once more to sea. The pilot saw the watcher and smiled. Then the daring passenger went below and gave out a note of cheer. I have seen the face of the pilot, and he smiled. All is well. That is the gist of today's Old Testament lesson. The pilot smiled. All is well. The 40th chapter of Isaiah was written to the Jews around the end of the Babylonian exile. The return to Judah from exile was not joyfully anticipated. The land had been devastated and not rebuilt. The destroyed city of Jerusalem was without a temple or fortress walls. 
After more than 50 years in exile, returning would be difficult at best. Those who most wanted to return were the older citizens who remembered what was. However, they were the ones who would grow too weary to complete the journey. To other nations, Israel's exile meant that Babylonians' God was stronger than Israel's God. Some Israelites had lost confidence in God. Isaiah 40 starts with words of comfort. Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem. It goes on to say, he protects his flock like a shepherd. He gathers the lambs in his arms and carries them in the fold of his garment. Then there are a series of rhetorical questions that demonstrate the uniqueness of the one true God. They point out that God is in control and knows everything about his creation. Now, over the years, people have thought leaders like Genghis Khan, Joseph Stalin, or Mao Zedong were mighty. No one could defeat them. Well, time showed that theory to be flawed. Almighty God not only raises up leaders, but also topples them like a house of cards. Now, we Americans seem to think that all will be right if we put our faith in the right politician. Isaiah reminds us that compared to God, our most talented leaders are like dry dandelion seeds in a windstorm. The beginning of today's text tells us that Yahweh is not only superior to the gods of the other nations, he is above the rulers of the nations as well. He is the ultimate ruler. His throne is above the circle of the earth. This chapter continues, lift up your eyes and look to the heavens. Who created all these? He who brings out the starry host one by one, and calls forth each of them by name. Because of his great power and mighty strength, not one of them is missing. Someone wrote that almost anything can be reproduced to scale, except the universe. Consider this, if the earth was represented by a ball one inch in diameter, the nearest star, Alpha Centauri, would have to be placed 51,000 miles away. If the sun was hollow, it could contain more than one million worlds the size of our Earth. And there are stars in space so large that they could easily hold 500 million suns the size of ours. There are about 100 billion stars in the average galaxy, and there are at least 100 million galaxies in the known universe. It's, it's too much. Verse 22 says, God stretches out the heavens like thin cloth. Should not our faith increase against any obstacle every time we look at the starry heavens? Isaiah wants us to see that no matter how large our problems are, God is greater. 
Verse 22 says, we are like grasshoppers when compared to God. Sometimes we may feel like grasshoppers when compared to the problems we face. Disappearing jobs, raising a difficult child, watching investments evaporate, struggling against overwhelming physical limitations, battling the system as an advocate for a special needs child, losing the battle with advancing age, chronic pain, dementia, loneliness, being bullied, overwhelming fear and worry. These are like grasshoppers when compared to God. We are precious treasures to our Father God. The God who has named every one of those billions upon billions of stars. We are precious to him. The God who sees every sparrow who falls. The God who knows every hair on your head and every hair that has fallen from your head. So why doesn't he do something? If he sees everything and allows it to continue, does God even care? B.M. Launderville offers a good illustration. The vine clings to the oak during the fiercest of storms. Though the violence of nature may uproot the oak, twining tendrils still cling to it. If the vine is on the side of the tree opposite the wind, the great oak is its protection. If it is on the exposed side, the tempest only presses it closer to the trunk. In some of the storms of life, God intervenes and shelters us. In others, he allows us to be exposed so that we will be pressed more closely to him. Verse 28. Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary and his understanding no one can fathom. As absurd as it may sound, try to be hopeful in the midst of your struggle or pain or tragedy, because God is walking beside you in the midst of that trial, and he will hold you up as much as you lean on him. We do not know his plan. How you go through your struggle may well be used by someone else when they face that same struggle. You will be able to minister to them by example with words of wisdom and hope because you have walked that path and survived. Verse 29 through 31. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. These three verses promise, offer the promise of new strength for those who wait on the Lord. 
He will not grow weary or tired. We must learn to rest in God's omnipotence, his endless power. Our problems are never the result of God's weakness. His understanding no one can fathom. We must learn to rest in the fact of God's omniscience, his endless wisdom. We must know God knows what he is doing. He gives strength to the weary. We must learn to rest in God's love and care. We must know God cares and wants to strengthen us. I would like to close with a focus on this phrase from verse 31. They will soar on wings like eagles. First, eagles often find themselves being harassed by smaller birds, such as crows, because they rob their nests. The crow will land on the eagle's back as it is flying and peck away at the eagle trying to retrieve its chick. However, the eagle does not engage in a struggle with the other bird. The eagle simply flies upward. The eagle knows that he can soar to heights of 10,000 feet, which other birds cannot tolerate. And as the eagle reaches greater altitude, the other bird faints and falls away. The lesson for us is do not engage in a struggle with problems that you cannot solve or battles you cannot win. Continue to soar above them. Second, a baby eagle can only strengthen its wings for flight by using them. So when it's time for the eaglet to leave the nest and attempt to fly, the father eagle leaves first and glides back and forth near the nest. The mother eagle pushes the fledgling out of the nest. Initially, that eaglet is in a free fall as it struggles to learn how to coordinate its wings. Before the fledgling hits the ground, the father eagle swoops below it so that it lands on the father's back. Then he carries the eaglet back up to the nest and they repeat the process until the young one learns to fly. The lesson for us is our heavenly father will carry us until we can soar on our own but we will never be able to soar if we do not struggle through the learning process. When life's struggles threaten to overpower us, we can choose despair as we choose to lean on our own understanding. Or as the man on the vessel caught in the storm, we can look in the face of the pilot of this world and see him smile. Which choice will it be? Amen.